Welcome to Guarding Talk, back for a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to have you back. Great to be here with you. Did you have a nice weekend? I did have a nice weekend. Were you grooving the moo up your way? No, I wasn't. I avoided that at all costs, actually, on Saturday. <laughs> I'm sure the young folk had some fun. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they grooved the cows away. Yes. I'm not quite sure how I was going to try and fit see, that. But see how old we are. It kind of worked. Yeah. We're up to with all the trends. Aren't we? <laughs> um, what have you got for us today, Scott? I thought we'd talk about a few different plants today. Uh, black bean, you can actually, it's a big tree, but you can use it inside, so I'll have us talk about that. Yep. A plant of the moment, Ripsalis, which is, looks fantastic in a hanging pot, and Gypsophila pixie splash for lovely white flowers. Oh, very good. And we've got Carol on the line from Taro, and she's got a question about a rose. Hey, Carol, how can we help you today? Um... Hello, Scott. I've got a, a very special Mr. Lincoln rose. It's 39 years old, and my husband planted it on his way to work, and when he, when he got to work, he got killed. So I've treasured this rose all the way through, and, and I was out there yesterday deadheading some of the um, old buds off it, and I noticed that it's got some black spot, and also something's been eating it. Uh, well, look, the, the great thing about roses is that they're really, really resilient. And at this time of year, you know, they're almost getting ready to, to drop their leaves anyway. Right. So a little bit of black spot's not a bad thing. It's not, not something you need to worry about. Right. Uh, look, roses will get black spot here in Newcastle, uh, you know, during the humid months. It's just it's almost unavoidable, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can treat... Uh, you know, uh, week to week and try and keep it under control, but it is almost unavoidable. So don't, look, don't beat yourself up about that. It's probably the right. best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but as far as things eating it, uh, look, the chances are they're, they're going to be grasshoppers at the moment. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, look, they're just all over the shop and, you know, they're, they're, they're munching away and they're getting quite large now. We've got a pet spider at work that we've been feeding any grasshoppers Ooh. that we find and Spidey's getting quite large at the moment, I'd have to say. We've been, <laughs> I don't think I'll come down there. <laughs> we've been fattening up the lamb there. Right. Uh, but uh, so, look, with grasshoppers, very difficult to uh, sort of eradicate because they just move so quickly. And even if they see you coming with those beady little eyes they've got, they'll, you know, jump around in underneath the leaves and hide away from you. So very difficult uh, to get under control. Right. Uh, look, yeah. you can try a pyrethrum spray if you want to. But again, you have to directly contact onto the grasshopper. Oh, okay. Uh, look, I, I always say the best thing to do is grab a nice pair of scissors. Right. And if you see one out there, just go and cut its head off because that's quick, <laughs> it's painless. Uh, I know people cringe a little bit when I right, say yeah, that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I shouldn't, spray, shouldn't <laughs> spray it with anything? Or? Uh, sorry, could you repeat that, Carol? Can, should I spray it with anything? Yeah, look, you can try the pyrethrum if you want to. Yeah. But again, you have to be able to actually hit you know yeah. the uh, so you need to be a little bit of a sniper as well. So you need to be able to hit the uh, the grasshopper pretty directly. Just spraying it on the, on the rose bush and hoping that it'll leave some residue there won't really work because they're oh, pretty, okay, they're pretty right. tough yeah. little critters. Yeah, so right. that's that's why I always advocate for the uh, the scissor trick. It works. Right. Through. You know you've yeah, gone. Yeah. So, so that's all I should do and everything. So. Yeah, so look, don't, yep. don't worry about the black spot. And if you can get onto the grasshoppers, uh, you know, give it a try. Get some pyrethrum. It's a natural insecticide. And uh, make sure if there's bees around, uh, you know, don't go spraying them because you don't want to be harmed. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, no, I just thought I would check. I just don't want to lose it or anything, so. No, no, I'm sure it'll be okay. It'll drop its leaves. And then in winter, give it a nice prune back in uh, July or so. Right, And yep. feed it with a whole lot of poultry manure. Usually uh, for one rose, you might give it about a bucket's worth. So it's quite a uh, lot. I've never ever fed them. Oh, okay. Well, look, it's, it's probably probably a good idea too. Are they in the ground or in, in pots? No, in the ground. Yeah, well, you can certainly feed them with poultry manure. Don't, don't worry about that. Right. 
And uh, yeah, give it give it a bit. Don't be shy with the old poultry. Uh, spread right. it around. Yeah. And uh, it'll really give you a nice rose. And then usually a couple of weeks after you've done that, uh, you can give it some rose food as well. But we'll talk about that later on in yeah, July. Yeah, some rose food. Yeah, when it's yeah, I've never, I've never, I've got a yard full of roses. I've never fed any of them. They all come up beautiful. Oh, you must have some beautiful rich soil there anyway. I must have. It must be. Well, I've been here for 40 years, so I must be all right. Oh, uh, so. well, uh, look, it's up at Tara. You're probably on the old floodplain as well. So. I am. I yeah. think we are and everything. So, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's why you'd have the old alluvial floodplains. That's why you have nice, rich soil there. Could be anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much for your help. Not a worry. Okay, thank okay, you. Thanks for the call, Carrie. Bye. Appreciate Bye. it. Bye-bye. And we've got Margaret from Swansea, and she needs advice about two climbing plants. Hey, Margaret, are they getting a bit out of control, are they? No, no, no. It's just a... Um Oh, we notice there's like a, it looks like a fruit coming off it. Do they get fruit? Oh, now, let's, we better take a step back here and try and find out what sort of climbing plants they might be. Well, it's either a star of jasmine yeah. or a floribunda. Right, so star jasmine gets a little white flower on it and has yeah. a smaller uh, glossy green leaf. And, and the, the seeds that, uh, or the fruit, I guess that's the seed pod really, that comes off on those almost looks like a bean. Oh no no! This is this is a, uh, quite quite big. It's uh, and it's uh, it's it looks like a, a passion fruit, and it's a greeny colour. Maybe it's the flora, because I've got the two in together, yes. and I'm not too sure which one. But one's got a very big uh, big leaf, yeah. and I think, and the other one's only got a little small leaf. Okay, yes, yeah, so it might be the Stephanotis fruit in that case. The other thing you have to watch out for in climbing plants is. And I see them around, you know, growing wild over people's fences is the old moth creeper. And they're, they're a terrible invasive sort of weed. So, and they're a very, that's why I asked the colour of it, because they're a very sort of grey green colour, uh, the, uh, the moth creeper. So, the top of it. Sorry, could you say that again? This, this, this thing is right up the top of it, you know. It's not down near the uh, root of it. It's, it's climbing on the fence, yeah. um, but it, yeah, it's right up the top of it, and it's and us, we've got, oh, it looks like a passion fruit, <laughs> and it's real shiny. Yeah, okay, well that, that's great. That, that then it's not a moth creeper in that case, so it probably is the the seed of the uh, Stephanotis floribunda. So that's that's a good thing. Don't be worried about it. Oh, but it's quite big. It's big as like a passion fruit. It's not a little thing. Oh yeah, that, that's all right. Yeah, they they will be quite large. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Because there's only one on it, and I thought, don't tell me if it's crossed with something, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Steph, Steph and Otis, uh, uh, um, fruit does get quite large, the seed pod, so yeah, don't be worried about that. That's what it is. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, th- now, are you going to try and harvest it and, and uh, grow some extras for around the place? Or? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it's, not, it's not too difficult. Just wait till it falls off, or you might see it start to split open on the vine. Yeah. Uh, but it'll, it'll start to brown off after a little while. You can put a brown paper bag around it if you want to. And uh, try and collect the seed that way. But do you, look, you can certainly get the uh, the seeds out of them and try and grow them if you want to. All right, thank you very much. Not a problem. Thank you. Okay, thanks Bye. very much. Bye, bye, Margaret. And we've got Alan from Rathmines, and he's got a question about micro micro. How can we help you, Alan? Hello, Scott. Um, just imagine I've got two small borders, concrete. They're about uh, 140 by 140 deep, and the width in between them is about 200 millimeters. Yeah. So I've got micro micros there. Um, and I've got probably 50 in, in that area, and they don't seem to grow. I know they're slow growing. I've had them there four and a half years. Wow, that, that, that's um, quite some time. So they, they should have grown a, a little bit by then, but they, you're right, they are very slow-growing plants. Uh, mate, have you been fertilising them with anything? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I have. But look, a lot of it's slow, slow release, mm. which they recommend. 
Um, but, you know, sometimes I put a bit of sea salt on them. But... Yeah, look, so sea salt's really good for the root system of the plant. Uh, with, with a plant like Buxus, uh, you really want to be promoting the, the green leafy growth. So you need something that's high in nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah, so you can use a liquid fertiliser if you want, but I'd also be inclined to get, uh, you know, some sort of manure as well. Uh, now, when you say they're in uh, a planter box, uh, are they open to the ground or is it more like a pot? No, no, they're open to the ground. Okay. They're, they're at the front of the house and... Um... I thought I'll get this immaculate, nice little hedge because I didn't want one that was going to be high there because I've got a bigger one behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently I bought about another uh, 20 of them and I've done another one and these seem to be, although well, they were bigger when I bought them, these seem to be growing better than the ones I've had for four and a half years. Oh, right, okay. And I do, I've dug the trench out, yeah. so I know I've got good dirt in there, but the roots, and I've taken a couple out and replaced them, the roots don't seem to go out under the concrete, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah, they, they, it, it might be that they don't like, you know, any lime that's that's been leaching out of the concrete. So, mate, look, what I'd do is I'd actually get some cow manure in this case and yep. uh, and actually give them a really good feed with the cow manure down through that uh, that garden bed that you're talking about. Keep on using the sea salt as well and probably also get a, uh, a fertiliser that's, uh, you know, high in nitrogen. Uh, and there's one called Flourish Green and Growth. It is very high in nitrogen. Flourish, okay. Um, yeah, it's called green and growth. It's a specific one of it. Uh, it's just higher in nitrogen, so it's certainly going to help those plants that you've got. Okay, now I've got an- I've, I'll try that. I've got another question. Mm-hmm. I've got um, uh, double grafted icebergs. I've probably got about 15 of them. Now, I had it just a plain yellow one. It was called a yellow iceberg. Yeah, I remember now, that one, yeah. You do. They're unavailable now, aren't they? Oh, look, I haven't seen them for a number of years now. I think, you know, when icebergs first came out, they brought out blushing pink and, you know... Yeah, well, I've got that as well, which is which is really great. Yeah. But the yellow, I've, I've put that, that black sort of fertiliser on it. I don't know what it was called. Um, anyhow, um, I think I put too much on it. Oh, OK. And you, you think you burnt it, did you? I think it... Well, that's why it died, all the rest of them. I mean, I have... Well, I'm not bragging, magnificent rose mm-hmm. gardens... Uh, they're all standards, by the way, um, you know, and they've all got concrete rings around them and they're looked after. And this one was one of the best and it just died. I was thinking if you want to try and get a yellow standard rose in your garden, you could uh, get freesia. You can get freesia. Yeah, standard. I've got freesia yeah, at yeah. the back. Nowhere near as good as the iceberg one I got. Nowhere near. Yeah, look, and, and you, you're right. Iceberg is a prolific flower. Uh, you know, whether you're getting the blushing pink, the you know the bright pink, uh, you know, or just the plain old white, you don't know when to prune them because they just keep on flowering. They do. Yeah, all they year do. round. So, uh, look, the best you can do, uh, you know, give Swains a call, see if they can help you out. No, with nobody's got them anymore. Yeah, I know that's that's going to no. be the trouble, isn't it? No, uh, nobody. I've I've looked online and uh, nobody's yeah. got them. I bought that one online from Victoria, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, one other quick thing. Yes. Uh, did you hear about the Scotsman that lent the Irishman ten dollars? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't think Greg did either. No, well, you won't. <laughs> okay. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Alan. Okay, you have a good day, Alan. We should get everyone finishing off with a joke. Be... We, uh, if it finished off, I'd like that. That'd be great. Uh, we've got Maxine now from Redhead, and she's got a question about chili plants. My favourite kind of plants. Yeah. How can we help you, Maxine? Um, we've put some chilli plants in and they have not grown much, um, but the leaves are all gone, or nearly all the leaves have gone yellow mm. on them. That's now, they're a... in a, in a above-ground garden that we've got. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and they just, just don't seem to be growing. So how long ago did you put them in, Maxine? Um, December. Oh, okay, so they've been in for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, tell me about the soil that you've got in that raised garden bed. Well, we just 
um, bought some potting mix from mm-hmm. down at Bunnings and then I dug some cow manure through it. Okay, so you, look, you've been doing the right thing there, trying to build it up a little bit um, because, you know, you, you do get what you pay for with potting mix, so you have to be careful about that. So, But building up the cow manure in there is very good. Yeah. Uh, you, look, you wouldn't do it if you were just putting it into a normal pot because there is a possibility you can burn it. Uh, the only thing I would say at the moment is that it still has been quite dry and uh, with a raised garden bed, they tend to leach the moisture out very, very quickly. It's just the, the nature of gravity. Uh, yeah. You know, apparently water always wants to find its lowest point. Yeah. I've heard that one. So I'll just make sure that your watering's really well up to scratch. And yep. the other thing that'll happen is as it starts to cool <laughs> off, uh, chili plants will just, uh, you know, yellow off a little bit um, in the cold. So uh-huh. that might not be such a problem for you at the moment. Uh, look, chilies also can get mites uh, attacking them. Now, the only way to check out for that, and that would manifest itself as a yellowing leaf as well, the only way to check that out, though, is to get some of those leaves and take them into your local garden centre and see if they can help you out in identifying any pests that might be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, a, a chilli leaf that's uh, you know got mite on it, you'd sort of get a puckering and it'd start to deform as a, as a leaf. You wouldn't get that mm-hmm. really no, nice just, shape. They're just yellow. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, look, I'd, I'd grab, make sure that you you're watering properly, uh, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more fertiliser as well. But at the same time, I'd be grabbing a few leaves, getting them into someone who knows what they're talking about. What sort of fertiliser? Uh, look, with, uh, with chilies, you can use something like uh, Flourish. Uh, and you'd use the one that you'd use for uh, tomatoes for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got, okay. a tom- they've got a specific tomato one that you can use, and that's very, very good for tomatoes, obviously, and chilies as well because they like the same conditions. Oh, good. Okay, then. Thank you. Okay, good luck with it. Yeah, good. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Maxine. Bye-bye. Always got to remember the water the chilies are. They like a good drink. Yes, they do. Now, talking about your plants, yes, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How's your lawn tomato going? Oh, my lawn tomato? Yes. Well, that's, that's gone. Oh, no, did the mower ha- have a go at it, did Yeah, it? it went straight out of the top. Right, okay. How's it come back? Oh, that's poor little thing. It's, it's probably, it's, it's, it's biding its time. There. Yeah. Yeah, biding its time. It's going to come back and get you. I'm sure, well, this rain we've had, yeah. no doubt it's going <laughs> to pop back up again. But I'm on top of the mowing at the moment, so. Right, okay. So the grass was getting a bit out of hand as well, so. Yeah, oh, yes. Yes, so. <laughs> yes <it was. laughs> Well, it's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. We've got Pauline from the Garden Suburb. Ah, perfect place. How are you, Pauline? Oh, I'm well, thank you. Look, I just was listening to the lady, Margaret, about the stephanotis yes, yes, fruit. Yes, Now, I grow stephanotis and I've had the big fruit grow on mine every year. Yes. And the first year I had it, I didn't know what it was, and everybody told me I was growing an avocado. Yeah. It was such a big thing. It looks like a, almost a, it, an avocado or a choco, doesn't it? A bit of, yes, 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 exactly. And the first year, it actually burst open, and truthfully, there must be one million seeds inside, and they're a little bit, you know, like a dandelion head, how you have all that little fine stuff? Well, it's got these two little fine pieces and the tiniest little brown seed. Well, wherever they landed, I had stephanotis vines like the plague. They would, came everywhere. So I've, I keep them each year now and I've got stephanotis over all the fences and what have you and they grow really well. So yeah. that lady might like to wait a while. It takes a few months and then it'll burst open and she can get some seeds and grow more vines. Yeah, and look, that's why I suggested to her maybe tying the brown paper bag around there as well so that you can contain them in there rather than letting them go everywhere throughout the garden. 
Because they're, they're like a little white, it's like a little white feathery seed, and the wind will just yes. blow it everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I wasn't. I I came in halfway through your conversation. I'm sorry, and I I didn't catch what you had said initially. But when I she was concerned about what it was and so on and so forth. I just thought, well, I do know what that is. It's one of the few garden things I do know. <laughs> and and yours, yours grow all right out in the sun as well? Because I know that, yep. uh, you know, you, you can't have trouble growing them in the sun. The, the old rule of thumb with Stephanotis was always, you know, you had to keep the root system in the shade. And uh, generally they don't like the full sun. They'll go a little bit brown. But uh, if you're growing them out in the full sun, that's great. They grow absolutely everywhere. <laughs> if they burst, your neighbours will probably get them as well. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for that. Thanks, Pauline. You're welcome. Bye bye now. Bye. And we've got Chris from Warrabrook, and he's got a thick skin on his limes. And he wants to get how to get it back. Oh, mate, you've called the right. right place. We've got thick skins around here. So. <laughs> Fertilise those with dynamic lifter. Yes. And I think I've in parlance buggered them because the skin might be 20 millimetres thick and the fruit is just unusable. Uh, have I put the wrong fertiliser on my lime tree? Or? Yeah, so you probably have wrecked up the balance a little bit. Uh, look, with citrus, the, the rule of thumb is that a thick rind will be caused by uh, too much nitrogen or too little phosphorus. Uh, so they're sort of almost one of the same. So I'd be cutting down on any nitrogen-rich fertiliser that you're using. I'd probably use sulphate of potash uh, now and uh, just try and build the... Because it, it, sulphate of potash uh, increases the flowering of the plant and improves the fruit quality of all uh, of the plant as well. So I'd be cutting down on any nitrogen. I wouldn't be putting, you know, your grass clippings or poultry manure or anything around it like that at the moment. I'd be just probably exclusively feeding it with phosphorus, with sulphate of potash, and, um, and, and try and, and help it out that way. Look, that gets... Uh, you said it includes increases the flowering it's got thousands of limes on there oh excellent um, excellent thousands of them but uh the skin is so thick it's got very little meat inside the skin right and okay yeah when you say put phosphorus on, it's a fairly big tree should i put half a kilo of phosphorus uh oh. potash on there yeah oh, God. yeah so uh, and and the phosphorus uh yeah so look if it's a fairly big tree, yes, you just spread it around the drip line and then just water it in. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, look, I'd definitely be cutting down on your nitrogen-rich fertiliser. You've just been using Dynamic Lifter, have you? Yes, I have, and I haven't put that on there for a couple of years now. Right. But, um, look, okay. the fruit is, is useless. It's... Um, so, look, I'd, I'd just try and get some phosphorus in that case and try and, and, and remedy the situation that way. Right. And, and use and the potash as well. And do you think next season that would be um, back to being a normal line? Yes. I... Look, if you start doing that now, there's there's every good chance that by next year, you know, you will. It's not one of those things where you just remedy it immediately. So you're just going to have to try and, you know, repair the balance in the soil. Thank you for that. That's Excellent. Something I'll try and uh, hope it works. Okay, yeah, it's, uh, you need lots of juice in there, not the thick skin. Yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that, Thank Chris. Thank you for your advice. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Cheers, Chris. Bye. We've got Helen from Wallsend, and she likes to know if there's any shelf life on plants and fertilisers. Helen, I, what ones have you got sitting there at home? Well, 
I've got quite a few. I went up the back this morning um, and I was looking for a seesaw, which I found. And I noticed quite, I've got pyrethrums and different, you know, you have different things over the years, mm-hmm. you just keep them. And on the back, there's a date on the seesaw that says 12th of the 6th, 14. So is that still relevant? Yeah, look, quite often that's a manufacture date on Seesaw. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, look, if you need to, what you usually do is ring up the company. They should have a 1-800 number, for instance, on the back of there, and you can give that a, get, give them a call and uh, just definitely check out with them. With chemicals, though, I look, they start to lose their efficiency after a certain period of time. And, yeah. and my rule of thumb always with chemicals is if you can't remember when you bought it, chances yeah. are it's too old. So then you have to dispose of that, and uh, you need to do that uh, you know, properly. And uh, to do that, you need to ring up the, the council and they should be able to guide you uh, on to how that you'll get rid of chemicals in a safe way. Okay. But as far, okay, as, far as fertilizers, you know, like citrus food and things like that, yeah. uh, look, I, I can't imagine why they would have a, a use-by date. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure you can keep one. Usually they just go as hard as a rock because they've uh, absorbed moisture into them, unfortunately. Yeah. And, that, and that might be the only trouble, that if you were to, uh, you know, go and actually break that up with a hammer or something like that and then started... Uh, you know, sprinkling it around your plants that because it's already had moisture in it, it might release far too quickly and burn the plant. So you, you just have to be careful about that. Well, I really, I, you know, Scott, I opened a, a bag of potting mix I bought a few months ago. It's a good quality one. Yes. And when I when I finished with it, I folded up the bag, but I obviously didn't fold it up properly. Mm-hmm. And when I went to use it last week, it sort of looked grey. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, well, maybe it's not... Maybe it's not healthy. Maybe it's sort of, you know, um, a bit, I was a bit iffy about it. I used it, and, and that's why I was looking for the sea soil to hit it with the sea soil and maybe help the little plants along. But it just didn't look like the right colour. Like, it's supposed to be nice and black, and it was a good quality one. So it was one of those cheap ones. And, yeah, so I was just wondering what their shelf life was too. Yeah, I know look- you've got to fold the bag up and probably tight when you finish with it and yeah, yeah just... look, it, it may just be that you know some sort of fungal spores yeah, have, have, got, have, got, have got in there so that that's something you'd have to be careful about uh, you yeah, know, exactly. using potting mix that's got that because um you're just going to transfer that uh you know into the into the soil you know, into the plants exactly. that you're trying to grow so you have to be careful about that okay okay scott thanks for your help okay thanks for that helen and bye have a nice afternoon will do bye scott we've had so many callers today haven't had enough time for you to run through your plants. You said at the top of the show. Yeah, we have had a few calls. So it's fantastic. I love people ringing in and, exactly. and asking us the questions. That um, people calling in, it's the lifeblood of the show, isn't it? Exactly right. Yes, and we love talking to the people who ring in. Uh, I thought we'd talk about uh, Ripsalis as well. I always, we always mention the plants, don't we? And I never quite get to talking about yeah. them. Yeah. So we'll do it today. We'll, we'll knock a few of them off. Okay. So Ripsalis. It's uh, it really is. Is, the it a, pl- is, is it a ripping plant? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got a ripping yarn about it. <laughs> it's a uh, it's, it's sort of the plant of the moment, at the, and, and and a lot of succulents and cactus are the plants of the moment at the uh, at, at the moment. This one's uh, commonly called uh, mistletoe cactus, uh, and it's one of those epiphyllites, and that means that, that it's a plant that uh, uses its root system to cling onto the you know the branches of other trees and, yep. and rocks and things like that. So it does it doesn't really use its root system much to absorb. Uh, moisture in it. it actually goes in through the foliage uh, so look yeah lots of different ripsalis out at the moment there's wider leaf ones some look like they've almost been squashed with a flat leaf 
Uh, and uh, they are very, very good for hanging pots uh, because they're up there out of the way. Uh, you know, people often forget to water hanging pots. Yep. Uh, great for uh, young people as well that might okay. not be, uh, you know, so savvy for about uh, watering their plants and looking after them so they can just get one and, uh, you know, stick it in their room, uh, you know. And quite literally forget about it. Yeah, out in the veranda. And it will still be going there for them uh, quite some time. Okay. Yeah. So could you, would you still water? It's obviously still water. You still have to water them. Uh, look, not as much, uh, probably, you know, two to three times a week. And certainly not um, something that, uh, you know, you water, you know, over water, you know, every day. Yep. Uh, they, they do come from rainforests, but again, um, they're very, very good at absorbing water back out of the uh, atmosphere. They're from Central America and the Caribbean. Uh, so they're, they're very good at absorbing water. So, yeah, that, uh, you know, three times a week. You probably kill them through overwatering, I would think. Right. And the other plant I want to have a quick talk about was uh, uh, Grevillea Ned Kelly. Now, a lot of these Grevilleas actually go out of, uh, you know, sort of go out of style a little bit, but they are fantastic for the garden. They're low maintenance. They don't get too big, only one and a half to two metres tall. This one's called Ned Kelly. It's been out for quite a number of years. It will uh, grow in slightly acid soil, really sandy soil, uh, and, of course, do very, very well here in Newcastle in our sort of Mediterranean climate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, bird attracting and bee attracting, and that's a fantastic thing to have in your garden. So that's Grevillea, Ned Kelly. Uh, look, these Grevilleas have sort of gone out of fashion a bit, but they really do look quite spectacular. They're on the, the way garden. back. They, well, we're going to try that right now. We're right. going to try this out. This is the push. The starting point of Grevilleas. Yes, it's going to be rise. a coup for Grevilleas. <laughs> They're going to take over the gardens of Newcastle again. Fair enough, Scott. Well, we're running out of time. Okay. Another week's gone by. Yes. Now, running out of time, I ran up the foreshore the other day. Oh, right. Yes. I remember telling me about this a little bit earlier. Yes, with roller skates on. No way. I had more smiles and laughs from people. I'm sure. Are you sure they were laughing with you? But then I've ever had people just happy to see me. Women wanted to be with me and men <laughs> wanted to be me. Yes, I'm sure a lot of men were going, yes, I would love to be on roller skates right now. <laughs> I just needed the music. Scott Sharp, thank you very much. We might have a song for that coming up, I think. Okay. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.